0: To the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone—from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D—to learn more about the world's creatures and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in the tower. I'm here oh, with Sergio. We're, we were stuck in the tower. Whoa, we, whoa, we have whoa. remained in the tower this entire time. Listen, I I like to think positive, okay? Oh, I'm 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 loving it. <laughs> I'm McDonald's <laughs> up in the
1: house up in here. Woo! Everyone's, you know, I saw Tom and Stuart mentioned like, oh, you know, you can go home and visit family and friends and stuff. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm going to just tell them I'm going to be gone for a while because I'm knee deep in D&D lore Doing what I've always wanted to do, which is read about dragons and kobolds, and especially this week, orcs and half orcs. Woo!
0: Yeah. Initiate war drum sequence. <laughs> Just
1: imagine like the like the Terminator Two theme, like do 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 do, do 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 do, do 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 do,
2: and uh. I'm like imagine
1: that outside of your house. You're you're not your your
0: bowels are, are everywhere. Yes. So I guess we should introduce ourselves. I am the Almighty Crit, and this is my co-host, Sergio. Hi. I'm Sergio. We took over the Dungeon Dragons lure cast. Uh by that I mean uh Stuart and Tom left us in the tower. <laughs> yeah, they they pulled the old switcheroo on us, so we're stuck here now. But
1: we're gonna make the bet we're gonna We are turn lemons into lemonade.
0: Exactly. And today we're going to be discussing orcs, as Sergio right. already pointed out. Orcs and half orcs, baby. Woo! So, uh, Sergio, do you wanna dive in? Let's dive it. Let's let's oh, dive yeah. in Greg Lugana style. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know about all that.
2: <laughs> so,
1: uh, you know, I mean, aside from the whole smack in the back of your head on the diving board. Thing, yeah, no, let's no, avoid that. that. So, half orcs—they are a base race that you can play immediately in D and D. They are in the Player's Handbook. They are on D and D Beyond. It's uh, one of the races that uh, Tom and Stewart, Tom and Stewart, didn't get to. they are initially covering them so we want to cover them now to make sure that everyone gets equal play because half orcs are pretty badass and not just useful for the barbarian class they're actually because you know in in older editions you used to have like in 3.5 orcs had a or half orc characters had a negative two penalty on intelligence scores mm-hmm. and charisma scores. Yes. that is no longer the case. So Thank now all goodness. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was unique, you know, because because mo- there was uh, there were pros and cons to every race. Yeah, but they they did away with that. So the only uh, modifiers that they have on on scores, they get a plus two to strength and a plus one to constitution, mm-hmm. which would benefit greatly with the barbarian class but like I said it's not necessarily the only class that a half orc can't play but before we get into all that let's talk about how how orcs came to be yes the creation creation myths behind orcs the the deities behind orcs Mm -hmm. you know like I was mentioning earlier Grumsh is the the patron the chief deity of the orc race Grumsh also known as One-Eye also known as he who never sleeps which is a pretty badass nickname if i do yes. say so myself uh, like yeah. if someone was like hey you know sergio he who never sleeps like oh man that's, that sends chills down my spine why doesn't he sleep though i don't know <laughs> well uh it kind of it probably goes without saying that he is chaotic evil yes that's the alignment that he is so legend has it uh so grumsh and uh, Coralon, the patron deity of the elves, they got beef. They be beefing all mm-hmm. the time. Yep. And so the legend has it that Grumsh, the one eye, in fact, lost his other eye, the eye that is that he no longer has that made him one eye instead of two eye. Yep. He lost that in a duel. It got plucked out by Corallon. And the anger behind that and behind just the fact that he... Felt like he was looked down on with uh, the other deities is what led to his his hatred and anger and, and and that sort of bled into the creation of the orcs. Now, as far as the whole one eye thing goes, you know, you ask an orc and they'll probably tell you like, oh no, Grumsh had always had one eye. He was mm-hmm. the top. He's, he like he would never lose in a fight to Corlan to some frail elf god. Um, but even if you do. Even if they do acquiesce a little, uh, they'll they'll claim that Coralon won only because he used magic, and so that's, that's So he cheated. He cheated somehow because mm-hmm. right? Grumsh is known to be a, a warrior god. Uh, you know, strength, uh, cunning, brutality all that yep. is wrapped up into Grumsh. So Grumsh essentially uses his his people, his orcs, his orc race as a sort of proxy. To conquer, and and um, rule over the material plane, and so the orcs, as a result, very warlike people. Yep they they um, are usually broken up into tribes, and there is a chieftain, and the chieftain of the t- of the tribe is always going to be the most powerful, mm-hmm. the strongest, the baddest. Think like the baddest dude on the block. That is your chief. Now there are ver- various, you know, perks to being uh, an orc or a half-orc character. As far like we said, there's a strength, uh, there's a plus two on strength and a plus one on constitution. You also get dark vision. Yeah. So for up to sixty feet, if you have a dim light, the uh, an orc or a half-orc can see that as if it's a bright light. And then in darkness, they can actually see as if it's a dim light. So that's not too bad. No. Uh, You get a proficiency in uh, in intimidation, which is known as menacing. You get uh, something that's called relentless endurance, which is very cool. Oh, yes it is. (laughs) It's a perk. (laughs) It's a racial trait that whenever you, it doesn't say, okay, so when you get down to zero HP, it'll actually keep you from from getting so from going to 0 hp and then having to go into the death save process. Yep. Uh instead you go to 1 hp, which means you're still conscious, you're still awake. You're not, you know, you're you're you you're, you're you're on shaky ground as mm-hmm. far as uh you know, as far as uh, combat's concerned. Yes. You definitely might want to, you know, turn off somewhere and Mm -hmm. take a healing healing potion or have your cleric heal you, but you're not unconscious. Like I say, you don't have to start a death saving, uh, process. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, and that's for every long rest. Uh, it doesn't save you from instant death. However, which if you don't, if you're not familiar with instant death in D and D fifth edition, it's where if you, let's say you have, um, let's say you have 30, uh, HP total and you have 5 hp left if you get if you take an attack that costs you that's 35 hits of damage 35 hit points of damage that's an instant death because it takes all the hp that you have left and the remaining damage is also equal to or greater than your total hp mm-hmm. so you're dead at that point which is not i mean i not super likely but can definitely happen for sure
0: now that I will say that rule has been up for debate many a times because it is written as it says you take damage to your according to your HP equal to or greater than your current hit points Mm -hmm. now some have argued that you have to take double your hit points essentially if you have 30 hit points you have to take 60 damage to be insta death so there there is a little debate against it I always read it as whatever HP you
1: had left. Like if it, Mm -hmm. you know, if it takes you down to zero and then also the remainder is also equal to. So, I mean, I, you know, again, these are where house rules come into play. Uh, You know, and when you're playing with, uh, you know, if you're not familiar, if you've never played a campaign with, the, with that
0: DM, definitely mm-hmm. get this all out ahead of time. That's part of the clarification of rules with your DM.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like I said, like, uh, like, in house rules are great, and yeah. we'll, we might end up doing, like, a fun, like, uh, patron bonus episode, where we get the patrons together and talk about, like, our favorite house rules. hmm But, that's for another, that. that's <laughs> for another time. We're talking about orcs today, and this is, Let's I have go. to keep, my, I have to keep myself on the straight and narrow, otherwise I'll, I'll branch off and on, on a number of topics. <laughs> but, uh, as far as, uh, like size and speed, they're pretty, um, atypical or they're pretty typical for, uh, you know, uh, normal size humanoid, yep. you know, five to six feet, uh, 30 foot land speed. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as far as the different kinds of orcs, you got your, your green and your brown orcs, which are pretty much the most common kind of orc. You've also got orogs uh, or gray orcs. Yes, these are rumored to be the offspring of uh, orcs and ogres, which makes them larger. But mm-hmm. there are also uh, or ogrellans, which are definitely the offspring. So the you know, like I said, the ancestry of the gray orc or the orog is up for debate. Like I said, it most people think because of their larger size that there's some some si- some kind of giant creature. Like yeah. either a giant themselves, an ogre, a goliath perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. There's been um, rumor, I know, of hill giants. There's been rumor that they've made it with hill giants. Um, what I've... I'm going to cut you off for a minute. Um, go ahead. What I have learned about orcs is they are a species that Dedicates themselves to breeding with the intent to become stronger, no, yeah, absolutely. that is it. Like that is their whole purpose in life is to be the superior, stronger beings,
1: yeah, they I mean, they their approach to life is that you know that the strong the strong survive mm-hmm. the weak get, you know, subjugated, killed. Stepped you know, they on. stepped on mm. exactly. So that's why um orcish like typical orcish society, uh, you know, it's dominated by yes. by males. Um, like their wives are usually uh they usually they sometimes have multiple wives, and mm-hmm. that's to exactly just to, to breed as much as possible, to to mate as much as possible and to you know produce as much offspring. Because on top of you know, wanting to be strong, they want to be multiple. They want to be, you know, yeah. bountiful. And because the more orcs there are, you know, the easier it is to overcome uh, a human army or mm-hmm. an elf, an elven army yep. or a dwarven army or a combination of all three. Uh, there are also uh, water orcs, which are exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, there are. They're really good at I, swimming. And I think this is um, in in the whole idea of orcs. You know, uh, stems from J.R.R. Tolkien's uh-huh. in Lord of the Rings. And so there are purple orcs, also known, and I think it's Urukai, which is how it's pronounced in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. And these are like the drows of the orc in, of the orcish race. What's... You know, they dwell in the Underdark. Uh, they have enhanced dark vision which is uh, exactly, essentially twice as powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, you as opposed to 60 feet, it's 120 feet.
0: Yeah, it's anytime that it's perfected or better version, it, that's exactly what it is. You can instead of seeing 60 feet. You can see 120, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see if I can't bring up a picture of these guys for everyone. Let's see if we can here we go everybody in chat can see this these things are nasty looking they are purple gnarly. orcs <laughs> yeah they're they're yeah. gnarly they're yeah and i
1: mean it's, like i said they're essentially like the drow of the orcish race like mm-hmm. what drow are to elves these purple orcs these urukai are to the orcish race yeah uh so think bigger think badder. yeah uh but like you said, like these, the orcish are they're very warlike. They live, they live in tribes. Mm-hmm. And so that is indicative of their patron deity grumps. Like I was mentioning earlier, you know, and so grumps thinks that all races are inferior to orcs, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you, uh, when you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? So. He thinks like you know everything can be solved through brute strength and brutality, which is kind of like you know if you want to think meta-textually about the subject. Yep. You know he's got the one eye, which sort of makes him sort of tunnel visioned, right? hmm Which is sort of if you're if you're playing a typical war character, that's usually their M.O. They don't really think about the consequences. It's like oh hey like you know that the person in that tavern right there stole money from us. They're just going to smash the door in. smack down. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, someone else like, well, Hey, let's wait for them to come out or maybe let's go in there. Maybe let's send, uh, a, uh, a beautiful, uh, person in there to, you know, chat them up and maybe get them a little tipsy on the ale on mm-hmm. the mead. And then when they come out staggering out, it's much easier either to, to beat them up and take our money back or to do whatever it is. You know? Yep. You know, or, orcs and half orcs, they're just going to usually just jump in. Like you said, smack down, break the walls down. Chris Jericho. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Get some, but, uh, there are, uh, what was I going to say? So the orcs really don't build cities of their own. Uh, they're as far as like the more traditional aspects of a society, um, like language, architecture. They really don't have that. You know, they 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 go out and conquer and they adapt what is ha- what has been conquered to their own needs. So it's very typical to see uh, an orcish tribe. Mm-hmm. Living in the remains of an elven city, or a dwarven, uh, you know, mountain, and like I said, as far as like language, actually, um, there's no the dwar- the orcish language doesn't have its own written like script. They use no. dwarven script. Yep, and so a lot of people consider that maybe like it's it's uncultured, you know, they don't have as much culture as the others, Mm -hmm. as the other races. I mean, to me that seemed like that, that just goes to speak of their like single minded vision, which is to, you know, uh, uh, you know, enhance their race by numbers and by conquering. Yep. So I, like I said, orcs and they used to, You know, if you, even as early or even as late as 3.5, it used to be a race that was looked at, especially half orcs, you know, uh, it was, uh, almost like an unholy union of of man and orc, you know, that they, they're, you know, their, um, their conception wasn't of the most, um, probably wasn't something that was, uh, Mutually um, consensual,
0: well, I know I know from some of the three point five history that there were a few orcs that had left their clans or been abandoned, or you know, what have you, and had um, you know, gone off to live in human villages, or, mm-hmm. you know, a human yeah. had shown them kindness and healed them on the road or whatever have you. I do know for a fact though that half orcs have been looked down upon. By orc clans orcs in general as a yeah. weaker version of this their pure blood
1: yeah well I mean not even just like not even just their the the purity of the race but just mm-hmm. physically I mean yeah. if and so they're seen as weaker because they might you know their stature is slighter because mm-hmm. they've got uh, a human father or a human mother yep and so and you know like I said that you like the, the ethos of the orcish race is, you know, the strong will survive. The oh, survival yeah. of the fittest. Oh, yeah. And so, if an orc, even half orc or not, like, if an orc thinks there's something weak about you, he's going to look at you. <laughs> and, you know, if you come up short, it's, you know, who knows, you know, there are several different options. You could either essentially be subjugated to that orc and just be mm-hmm. a whipping boy. Yeah, uh, you could actually face being outcast from the tribe. Which are there's several other um, there are several options uh, role playing wise. If you want to go that route, you can if you're playing a orc or a half orc character and you want to uh, role play them as having been outcast from their respective tribe, then uh, you could have them be a follower of Shargas and make him or her into an assassin type character. Yep. Uh, Chargazh being the Orcish God of like stealth and darkness, or you could also have their, uh, their deity be Utrus, which is, you could make the Orc, uh, sort of a necromancer. Mm-hmm. And so role playing wise, there's a lot of cool options. As you know, it's not just typical, like, um, and, and then this, like, the reason they were exiled is, you know, perhaps you know you can make up any sort of story. You know, perhaps they 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 lost a fair one-on-one fight with another orc, and you know had their leg from the niche. Or to bring up our good friend Blitz from the cyberpunk <laughs> live playcast, perhaps they got their arm cut off. No. You know, what good is a, is a orc or a half orc mm-hmm. with one arm, but they can still perhaps, uh, you know, be an assassin or they could be a yep. necromancer. Yep. Um, you know, it's not, you know, you know, you, you don't typically have to go the, you know, uh, kind human travelers find a, a, abandoned orc baby on the side of the road and
2: <laughs> and raise, raise him to that be their son. Unc-
1: baby. Um, but what's what's cool about uh, about 5th edition and you know later uh, D&D mythos is that sort of stereotype is being broken down so yes. you know half orc characters are now the offspring of uh, of genuine romance mm-hmm. they're now the offspring of uh, marriages between uh, human and orc tribes you yep. know sort of like a throwback to like the old like, you know, like, oh, the princess of Spain is gonna marry the prince of France and, you know, they're gonna, you know, that that will seal our treaty. You know, and so yep. like that sort of idea. And so like, yeah, I, I'm really, I really like the fact that it's no longer kind of like, oh well, these orcs invaded this town and had their way and and pillaged and and you know, and so that's how this woman gave birth to a half work baby. Or and you know, now that half-orc is, is shunned by by everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: you can definitely still play that up depending on the your character's backstory. Like, perhaps uh, ha- where they grew up or, like, perhaps where they were born, half-orcs weren't a big deal. Oh, but yeah. then they have to move somewhere else to another part of Faerun or another part of Eberron and where they move, half-orcs you know, aren't, are very atypical. Mm -hmm. And so they had to grow up kind of being uh, sticking out like a sore thumb. But like I said, there's a lot of cool role-playing choices, uh, with the, with the orc and a half orc. Cause it doesn't necessarily have to be like the, the standard stuff that's been going on for, for years now. Um, but yeah, so we've got some cool stuff to talk about, uh, after the break though, we've got, uh, (laughs) Uh, obviously, like I said, barbarians are the, um, kind of de facto go-to, uh, class for Mm -hmm. the half-orc character, but there's a really cool homebrew, uh, class that I want to talk about as well. You know, being as, being as we are fans of the homebrew, the brew Uh, of the home, uh, we'll be talking about that as well, but yeah, like I said, we'll be talking about that after the break.
0: Right. So let's cut to our break.
1: Hello gentle listener Every Friday be sure to tune in oh, to What a- the hell are you oh. doing Ampersand? Oh. Hi Charlie I'm sorry I broke in I thought I was the only one to talk to myself Well I'm letting everyone know about
0: The Fumbling Four and the
1: Almighty Crit Woo-hoo!
0: It's a 5e live play podcast Join us every week where do we find it, yo, old crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts.
2: Wee-hoo! You'll find it every Friday, you
0: stupid cat! ha Right, so here we are in the middle of the show, where we are introducing something new. We're going to go ahead and, of course, per usual, thank our patrons. Um, but we are going to thank all of you. Because without... All of you, this wouldn't be possible. So, we're going to start with our scholar patrons. We have Wolf the Sheepdog and we have Remington Cloutier. Our wizards. Thank you. Yeah, right. Thank you. Our wizards are Stagger and Stumble, Jonathan Sutter.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And Chris Mitchell.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And our newly appointed of the deities are jared bush and lupus malum so thank, thank, you, thank you. you thank you thank you thank
1: you <laughs> yeah like if you had told me a couple years ago that uh i'd be making money talking about DD, i would have told you you're out of your mind i would have told you how do you know my dreams first off <laughs> knock it off
0: get out of my head.
1: secondly like you're out of your mind right uh, like i said it's it's I don't feel like it's even like, like I'm like I'm making money because so much of this is gonna go back into the making, fans, the show yeah, making mm-hmm. uh merchandise for you guys, t-shirts, stickers, yep. sweaters, uh, coffee mugs, uh, you know, providing us with better equipment, uh provide us with uh you know
0: uh What about those minis? What about those minis for those the minis? Tiers?
1: <laughs> the minis
0: uh
1: allowing us to mm-hmm. Buy stuff off the DMG to to not only play with, but then subsequently review.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's from the bottom of our heart. Thank you. You're all our collective heart. It's our collective heart. We
1: share one heart now, which is also uh, (laughs) it's kind of hard. The side effect of this uh, living in this tower tower thing,
0: but that is not the new part we're going to be bringing. The new part we're going to be bringing is a two parter. We're going to keep you up to date on all the new things that are coming out for Dungeons and Dragons. Woo! (laughs) And I have brought uh, the new miniatures. Got a bunch of new minis. Yes, that are coming out in October. There are 54 of them. So I'm going to bring them up and I'm going to briefly highlight some of the ones that I personally think are cool here. Um, If you want to go check them out on your own, you can go to minisgallery.com. And they do have lists of all the d minis that are coming out and have come out. So you can go check them out. They've got images. It's wonderful. It's awesome. I go there all the time to see what's up.
1: But without further this ado. Is, these miniatures are being released October. to coincide. Well, they're yeah. being released in October, but they're being released to coincide. With,
0: with uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which comes yeah. out in just a couple of weeks, which we will... Yes like uh, September 23rd, two weeks from now, mm-hmm. that episode will be almost entirely devoted to that book.
0: Yes. Because yes. we'll be
1: getting it. It comes out on Tuesday, the 21st. And so we'll spend the next 48 hours just combing through it, finding out mm-hmm. what's new, what's cool, what isn't so cool. I mean, cause it's <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to seem like I'm just, you know, uh, like a, a wizards of the coast sycophant, you know, if they, deliver something and it's not that great. I'm gonna call them on it. You Listen,
0: know? Sergio, there's homebrew for a reason.
1: <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, this this seems like a cool idea. Like the bones are of mm-hmm. it are cool. Let's yep. tweak it. Let's tweak it and 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 jazz it up and see what we can see we can make it really cool. Let's
0: get our jazz hands out. But anyway, let's show our live chat fans what we are looking forward to. Now, I'm not gonna go through every single one of them because there are 54 of these. But I will highlight some of the ones that I personally think are cool. So we're going to bring these up here. Bring them right in the middle of the screen for everybody. So, personally, uh, my fa- one of my favorite creatures is a blink dog. So I'm pretty excited for this blink dog blink that's coming Dog's out. pretty cool. Yep. Um, we have the Bullywug Guard. Now... That, that's my favorite. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The like, way it's like designed... Yes, the outfit is what I was going to talk about. The outfit is very... Very medieval fairy tale-ish. It's I like, like it. this blue and white striped, you know, frilly kind of outfit uh with fitted pants, and it's it's just it's nuts. Um The Chucklehead, which is our it kind of looks it's got a pumpkin for a head, is what it looks like. Yeah, like and a it, jack-o'-lantern boy. Yeah, it just looks like a jack-o'-lantern boy. Um The Indolin Moongrave, which looks like it looks like a spider lady <laughs> I mean I think it's pretty cool um we got down here we have the jabberwock now I'm super stoked for this one
1: yeah well is it good? go ahead and describe it for if, if for those that we're are gonna, listening We're going to bring a big
0: screen for everybody at home too um it's it's not like your traditional Jabberwock, like you hear about in the stories and everything. It's It's got a worm-like head. Its, it's eyes are pure white. Um, you can see the scales. It's kind of built like a dragon, but it's very, very slender. And yep. the tail is much, much longer than a dragon's tail. It almost looks like a serpent crossed with a dragon. It looks...
1: Okay, um, I might be dating myself here, but it sort of looks like in GI Joe, the movie when Cobra commander starts converting or like reverting back to a snake and he's like got a snake body, but he's still got like arms and legs, (laughs) very unsettling. And I don't know if I could, if I even know why that happened in the movie, (laughs) but it kind of, it's giving me big energy of like big, that energy. Yes. Yes. very much. It's very terrifying.
0: So we've got our, our couple of our, you know, releases re-releases so unicorns things like that but we have um and i'm sure this is gonna be a major character in the um beyond the witch light it is the, the miniature is called sir talavar now it is a fay or fairy dragon yep. with armor and a sword so i'm excited to figure out what's going on with that character it
1: kind of looks like a cross between like a like a sea uh seahorse and a dragon.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's it looks to be Oh, it's even got a mustache when you zoom in. <laughs> oh, like like the little like um yeah. like Asian like the Asian dragons mm-hmm. will often have like It's uh, it's very much reminiscent of the um fairy dragon miniatures. So I'm assuming it's some sort of fairy dragon. Um but we do have, you know, a few other things here, but I want to highlight down much further down the list, we have um a Durlagron. Now, this is a it's basically a black panther with monarch butterfly wings. Yeah, that's exactly what it, it looks, yeah, exactly what it looks this like. This is exactly what it is. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so those are some of my favorites. Um, you know, like I said, you guys can go check them out at the minisgallery.com. Um, but you know, the the new the last thing I wanted to highlight with these miniatures is. The new accessory mini that they're coming out with, the large one, Um, you know, with Eberron coming out, we had the flying airship, Um, you know, with the uh, with the other releases, we had the large dragons. This one, we are getting a swamp gas balloon. So a hot air balloon. Yep. So I'm pretty stoked for that, too. (laughs) Um, But that's all I've got for the miniatures. I'm going to hand it over to Sergio for our other new addition to the middle of the show, which is our DM's corner.
1: Our DMG corner, the DMs Guild, yes. is a uh, fantastic uh, way to get homebrew stuff mm-hmm. to, um, to help create uh, more homebrew stuff to help uh, creators that, um, you know, are essentially are, are doing what we're doing uh, in a different way. They're, they're creating more d d content. Yes. And it's a fantastic way to support them. Uh, and to like make your own campaign that much better, or just to to play a uh, play a campaign that's been written from the ground up. Mm. And what I'm bringing to the table t- to this week, uh, in keeping with our orc and half orc theme, it's called After Lost Mine One: Orcs to Fandolin. Now, this is the first part of a five part series. Yes. And you can actually uh, incorporate this into an already existing campaign, Mm -hmm. or you can just play the entire series start to finish. Um, And the description is as follows. The ghost tribe of orcs have been driven from their home under the Sword Mountains by some terrible evil, and they now see Phandalin as their best option for a new home. The heroes were on their way to Phandalin for a much-needed rest after their adventures in the Lost Mine must make it to town in time to warn the inhabitants and help prepare for the orc attack. So it's a party of orcs, but they're not playing the typical, like I said, like the, I mean...
0: The pillagers, you the have, smashers.
1: Exactly. Like mm-hmm. you uh, you could have orc, obviously you can have an orc barbarian, but you could have an orc cleric or an orc rogue or an orc ranger. And so it's really, uh, so it stood out to me simply because you know it's not just um uh the the entire thing centers around an orc party rather mm-hmm. than the hook itself being like you have to find this certain orc or you, there's a uh there's an orc that you have to go uh kill or, or capture or do something like you're actually playing the role of the orc yeah and like i said it and it could take you on it's like i said it's five different parts and it's pretty moderately priced. You can get each part for a couple of bucks each. And like I said, it's a way to help create more D content to help D creators, content creators. And I've purchased it, so by all means, <laughs> you can. If you don't like it, you can you can yell at me. But I think it's pretty cool.
0: Well, on that note, I think we should get back to our discussion. On let's Orcs. go, let's go. I love that scream at the end. I'm just saying I'm keeping that scream. <laughs> the Wilhelm. Yeah. The good old fashioned Wilhelm. All right. So we are back. We're going to start discussing uh, our orcs. Sergio, what do you got for me?
1: Well, let's, let's, let's build us an orc.
0: Got... Oh yes. This is my favorite part.
1: <laughs> so if you want to, um, give me one second. Got gotta.
0: I think somehow a, a blink hound got into the tower. That's my bad. I wanted a new pet. <clears throat> I found a spell. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, <laughs> you got to make sure th-
1: it's a uh, house trained.
0: So it's your job.
1: <laughs> there's a bunch... Of, I didn't even know it was here. So there's a bunch of cool racial traits that a half-orc has. Um, and like I said, it, it pairs really great with the barbarian class. Yes. And so if you want to go the more traditional route, like if you just want to get in there and smash things. Like if you want to be the Hulk equivalent to uh, your D&D campaign party, then a half-orc barbarian you know isn't the worst way you can go. No. Cuz at first level as a barbarian, you get rage, which you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. So any kind of uh grapple attempt or any kind of uh grapple attempt that you make you would have advantage on that Mm -hmm. uh if you have a melee weapon attack using strength you gain a bonus to your damage roll uh you are resistant to bludgeoning piercing and slashing damage which is almost all kinds of uh damage that you would uh incur in melee combat for the most part yeah uh, and this lasts one minute, so that's 10 rounds. So
0: lay that you, smack down for 10 rounds. Mm. Yeah.
1: Uh, you have unarmored defense, which where if you're not wearing any armor, you can then your armor class will then equal 10 plus your DEX modifier plus your constitution modifier. And you can still use a shield uh, to use it. So even at first level, your AC could be as high as you know, 16 or 17. Uh, subsequent levels you get cool features like reckless attack you throw aside all concern for defense to attack with fierce desperation when you make your first attack on your turn you can then you can decide to attack recklessly doing so gives you advantage on all melee weapon attacks uh, using strength during this turn aka you can yeet your small friends further exactly (laughs) Uh, You also get something cool called Danger Sense, Mm -hmm. which is almost like a Spidey sense, like uh, what Spider-Man has. Um, You get an uncanny sense of things uh, when things nearby aren't as they should be, which gives you uh, advantage on dexterity, saving throws, on traps, uh, spells, like anything that you can see. Uh, You you can't be blinded. You can't be deafened. You can't be incapacitated in any way. You should be able... uh, to like if a if you're walking on a floor and the floor falls out and there's spikes in the bottom, you can see that. And so you would get uh you'd have to roll a deck saving mm-hmm. throw. You get advantage on that. Yep. So you have two chances to pass it. Um, primal path at third level, you get to pick a a certain path that you want to take, which will then let that, you know, branches off into different options based on that. Yep. Um, extra attack at fifth level, you can attack twice, it's never a bad thing. Oh, uh, no, you also, you also, uh, your increase, uh, inc- uh, your speed increases by 10 feet at fifth level as well. Uh, feral instinct at seventh level, your instincts are instincts are so honed that you have advantage on initiative rolls. Uh, brutal critical, brutal critical is really cool. Oh, uh, yes, at, it is at, <laughs> at ninth level you can roll an additional weapon damage die when determining the extra damage for a critical hit with a melee attack. So, if you hit a critical attack with, let's say, a greatsword, yeah, I think it's a 1d12. Mm-hmm. If you're rolling 2d12 to figure out damage, you roll a third d12. So... I mean, it could increase your damage by, what,
0: 33%? I'm not good at math. I can't figure <laughs> that out. But it's, it definitely helps. And that's not—that's only if you haven't additionally chosen your path. Some of these paths, they do allow you to get extra damage earlier on. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, choose your paths carefully. If you're trying to min-max a character, choose your paths carefully because you can really put out some damage at a lower level.
1: Yep. Yep, absolutely. And there are, there are more, uh, you know, uh, class traits that go on all the way up to 20th level. You know, you've got brutal critical at 13th, which let, which lets you roll two additional damages. Mm-hmm. You know, though you know, you have the one from before. Now you have a second, uh, additional, uh, damage dice. You have persistent rage, uh, you know, whereas your rage would last 10 rounds, would last a minute of combat, persistent rage beginning at 15th level, uh, it only ends early if you fall unconscious or choose to end it. So you've essentially like learned how to control your rage. You know, whereas I used to think of it as uh an orc rages, like he he or she goes into like this bloodlust and goes into a frenzy, but can only sustain it for a minute because it takes, it's so exhausting for them. Mm -hmm. You know, this persistent rage is something that can go on ad infinitum the entire combat round, the entire combat if need be. Oh yeah. Uh, At 20th level primal champion, you embody the power of the wilds. Your strength and constitution scores increase by four.
0: Oh so they,
1: yeah! You can now have a max strength of 24 or a max constitution of 24, mm-hmm. which is bananas when you think about it. Oh yeah! So there's not, you know, that you know, it's you might think it's uh, it might be a little boring or passe to be a half work barbarian, um, but you know they they say cliches are cliches for reasons because they work, you know, mm-hmm. and so. There's nothing wrong with playing a half-orc barbarian. It's all about how you role-play the character. It's how the backstory of the character.
0: Now, I will say a popular second choice for most half-orc players is the paladin. Yep, true. Now, with 5e, they've updated and taken and added a bunch of stuff to the paladins. Um, with your strength score, strength is one of the most important stats for a paladin, next to their charisma. Um, Charisma is their spellcasting ability, whereas strength is, you know, how hard I can hit you with a sword. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that half orcs, they typically only get a plus two to the strength and a plus one to the con. Yep. However, you do have variations of half orcs, just like you do variations of half elves or elves. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go through that laundry list because it is a long list. <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean but literally your, almost do, limitless oh yeah do your homework you know if you want to min max a paladin as a half orc you you sure can do it and that's where we get into the homebrew stuff too maybe you've come up with your own half you know orc race um, and you want to be a half orc from that race uh, maybe it gives you a plus two to strength and a plus one to charisma because maybe they're you know they're half elf or you know whatever Yeah. well talk it over uh, with your DM I always. Well,
1: I was gonna say, speaking of uh, a charismatic (laughs) half-orc, the aforementioned, the teased blood rager Mm -hmm. class, homebrew class. Uh, Originally, it was a class in Pathfinder, which was you know so cool, like so beloved, is that uh, they've homebrewed it into fifth edition of D and D. So a blood rager a blood rager is a rare form of barbarian that has both a sorcerer's bloodline and a barbarian's ancestors. In the battlefield they blend their intense anger and burning fervor of their spells to destroy any foe who would dare oppose them. Um, blood ra- orc blood ragers are are usually champions of their tribe. Yep. Like if if uh If there are two warring tribes, they will send their, uh, each tribe will send their blood, uh, a blood rager to, to fight, you know, for the tribe's honor. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're used uh, as uh, bodyguards or like right hand men, you know, like lower, lower ranking chiefs. So say the chief has to go do something, has to leave the tribe for, for whatever reason they would likely leave a blood rager in charge because they are that skilled and yeah. that fearsome. So, uh, there are no prereqs for, for this class. Like you could actually play this class off rip as a level one. Boom. <laughs> the only, uh, the only prereq is that it needs a 13 charisma and a 13 constitution. So as long as you have those, uh, In those abilities, as long as you have a 13 in those two abilities, then you're good to go. Mm -hmm. But like I said, like a lot of um, specialized classes, you need to have a certain ranking of this. You need to have been also this class for a while. Mm -hmm. So like I said, you could be a Blood Rager off rip.
0: So, Uh, yeah. I have one question about this class. Just the one? Just the one. You're telling me I need a 13 in charisma and a 13 mm-hmm. in you said strength, constitution, constitution. So we've got we can get the con boost. Mm-hmm. The charisma is the only thing you really have to worry about as a half orc. Yep. So couldn't you say I don't know get a magical item to boost yourself there and then cross class?
1: I mean, at, at, if you start off as something else and then you, let's say like your, your charisma is at a 12 and you mm-hmm. get uh, a ring or uh, a fancy necklace that yep. boosts your charisma to one, then yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I do not also... know what I was really asking is how effective would it be to start off as a barbarian? You know, two levels, get a magical item and then cross class into this. Is it one of those where it's better to start off at the beginning or is it one of those that we can, you know, we can cross class into and maybe make better?
1: The only issue with using a magical item is what then happens if the magical mm-hmm. item is lost or destroyed. Yeah. Do you lose all those traits? Oh, of course you do. But then, how how do you explain that, like in story?
0: Well, see, at that point, you just wouldn't be able to use those skills anymore, just like any other class. Yeah, that's a whole another tangent for a whole another day. I interrupted you. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, these are good questions to yeah. ask because, like, is, these are these are questions that if you're going to use a homebrew class mm-hmm. or character or race or whatever it is, you need to talk to your DM and figure out how how it will work in that campaign. Yeah. And any tweak. And like I said, this, all this stuff that I'm talking about, uh, can be changed and tweaked. And, oh yeah. And jazzed up to accommodate whatever, whatever story, whatever campaign mm-hmm. you've got going on at home. So, uh, at first level you choose what bloodline, uh, has given you your magical powers. You ha- can choose from draconic flame, abyssal, oh. divine or ocean. Ooh. So that your choice will then grant you unique features at, at, you know, initially off at off first level, uh, and also at sixth, fourteenth, and eighteenth. So uh, one of those features is that you become immune to certain damage. So obviously, if you choose the flame bloodline, you become immune to fire damage. Now you also become uh, vulnerable to frost damage. So there is some give and take um draconic, you are uh immune to any kind of uh uh damage done uh by dragons depending on uh what sort of dragon you're facing. Like if it's a dragon that uh breathes flames mm-hmm. or perhaps shoots spits acid.
0: You're immune to that damage type, not so exactly. much the physical damage. Exactly. Yep.
1: Uh You get you still get unarmored defense, which is uh, which is the same as the original, which is the same as the barbarian. Yep, same as the barbarian. However, uh, instead of the dexterity modifier and um, constitution modifiers, you use your charisma and strength modifiers. Ooh! So your charisma would you know, like I said, it needs to be at least a 13. So you're getting a plus one. And so, and then your strength, you're already getting your strength as a half orc. You get a plus two to begin with. So there's no reason why it probably isn't a 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you're now using your charisma and strength. And again, you can still use a shield to benefit. Yeah. Uh, It gets really cool at second level. That's when you're able to start casting spells. That's when the sorcerer's bloodline aspect comes in. And the spell list at sec, uh, at second level, you're you're starting to cast first level spells, right? Uh, those are really cool. I mean, these are full on, like offensive spells. I'm which, digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> uh, and for me, like I always like to play like fighters and barbarians and. You know I was never much for the for the defense and the healing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't i you know I wanted to be in the in the in the in the thick of things when it came <laughs> to combat, right? Yes, and so stuff like like uh like classes like a oh, war mage really appealed to me, and same for like blood rager, yep, you get searing smite, you get burning hands, you get ice knife, Ooh. you get uh thunderous smite, you get cause fear. I mean, you, you get just stop, stop talking or, like this. It's,
0: it's getting me bothered. <laughs> <laughs> give me giving me a case of the vapors.
1: <laughs> and so, Blood Rager is a really cool uh, homebrew class if yep. you want to look into it. Like I said, that's just that's the tip of the iceberg. You can find this. Uh, all you have to do is Google Blood Rager Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, and you'll get a couple of different options for. You know how to incorporate it into your into your campaign. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's originally a Pathfinder class yep. that people loved and thought, like, I want to play that. And it's a really cool way to also get a half orc character that uh, is a spellcaster, which you don't typically see from a half from a half orc.
0: No. Well. That's a lot of information to go over. It's a lot. Yeah, I like it, though. <laughs> I do. I, mean, I do. It is, it is good. So, we're at the end of the show, and at the end of the show, we always have a magical item. We do? We do. So, today, I have brought you the war drums of grumps.
1: Mm-hmm. The war drum. I the like? The war okay. drums.
0: Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> right. So, my, my magical items are a little bit more nasty.
1: <laughs> so this, I'm gonna start calling them Miss Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson,
0: um, or Janet rather. <laughs> so these war drums, okay. When utilized, if uh, people within thirty feet, okay, anybody within thirty feet, here's these war drums activated. They get a Constitution saving throw. Now the Constitution Constitution saving throw is a 17, so it's already pretty gnarly. Yeah. If they fail, they are immediately sent into a rage. So it's not a bad thing. Now, the rage is similar to that of a barbarian's rage. However, instead of 10 rounds, it only lasts five. Okay. And after the five rounds is over, you must take two points of exhaustion. Ooh. Yes.
1: So is this... So if they are within 30 feet of mm-hmm. them being
0: played? Yes, if they're being played within 30 feet okay you get a constitution saving throw if you fail so, constitution 17
1: so you could be 40 feet away hear the drums maybe but, feel like a pull mm-hmm. like sort of like your maybe your heart your heartbeat yep. elevate your heart rate elevates yep yep. but the magic is you know isn't as okay i like that mm-hmm. okay cool
0: now there's more to it
1: there's more but yes. wait
0: but there's, there's more There's more now if played by a person who has um uh, profession that would, you know, imply that they are good at this instrument, uh, such as a bard or anybody else, um, they have a proficiency bonus. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you up that to nineteen. You up That's... it to two for the saving throw and the con. You get to rage for up to ten rounds. However, in addition, they must take three points of exhaustion. So you get a little bit more of a boost but you must take those 3 points of exhaustion. Okay. So Can, we have we have superpower but we have to have that super you know we have to have equal balance here. We have to have the good yep. with the bad. So
1: Now so you said this rage is is uh, pretty much the same as the barbarian rage. Yes,
0: it is the same as the barbarian's rage. Okay.
1: Yep. So is that Could you be able to let's say you have uh, a half orc who mm-hmm. has uh who has a level in bard to, yep. so they could learn how to be proficient in these war drums could they like let's say um be overlooking uh a camp of of thieves or what have you of of enemy combatants could they like have you know their the rest of the party either like plug up their ears or you or could. walk away 40 feet yep. and play the drums and get the opponents all worked up? And would the opponents start fighting each other? And Lupus brings up a good point. Yeah, does he the does. User, does the user suffer the same effect?
0: The user does not suffer the same effect. That was actually okay. what I was going to get to, yes. Okay. Uh, user does not suffer the effect. Um, And yes, you effectively could get an enemy camp enraged with these drums. All
1: riled up. And all like,
0: riled up, ready to go. And that is the benefit of it. If they have no one to fight, let's say you sneak into this camp in the middle of the night, you play these war drums, and then you scurry on out. Then they're in a rage, and you, like you said, well, we got that plus two bonus, yep. so it's that much harder to f- pass, and you get the three points of exhaustion. They're going to be that much easier to take on when you finally go in counter. They're
1: gonna They're going to want to start beating up on each other
0: yep yep okay but or uh,
1: or you could you go or it could go the standard the more traditional route and mm-hmm. use it on your campaign on your party yep and get them all riled up and let's go in here and wreck shop
0: yep it's 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 one of those items that if you're not careful with though it can come back to bite you because let's say oh, you yeah. sneak in that camp and you do get caught well they're enraged oh they're, they're gonna are- hurt you And they're gonna hurt you bad.
1: They're gonna, you're cruising for a (laughs) bruising at that point. Yep.
0: And, you know, you, let's say you do boost your team up, but you forgot that one of the enemies you're fighting is within your 30 foot range because it is a circumference. Mm -hmm. So let's say he was behind you and you didn't know it. Well, now he's raged too. So it's, it's a give and take. You gotta be careful using this because, yeah, it's, it's a pretty powerful item, but it can be powerful to against you. So. But that the is the war item. of Grumsh. Yep, that is the item for this I week. Like Very cool. <laughs> right, invisibility. Hey, Lupus says invisibility. That would work. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think it is time for us to say sayonara until next week.
1: Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll mm-hmm. be talking about Araokaras. Uh, Yep, which is a race that, um, if you sign up for D and D Beyond, like you don't have to buy any of the uh, supplemental books, mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything aside from sign up for the service. Arakkoa is a race that you are able to play as. Yep. So we're gonna cover that race as well, mm-hmm. and we'll be back with
0: another DMG corner item. Yes, we'll be back with. Uh, More news. updated news on D and D, whatever's coming out for Wizards of the Coast, and
1: we'll be back with another magic item. Mm-hmm. We so we are very excited.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, Sergio, do you have anything you want to share with everyone before we go?
1: Yes, I do. I told my wife the other day. She asked me what I had going on. Like this was Tuesday. She's like, you know, what are you got going on tonight? Like, oh, well, I got to do this, and I also have to do some orc research. Got to get some orc <laughs> research done, and it's just that's just so awesome that I got to say and that I'm still married that, that <laughs> divorce proceedings have not started. So that's always good are, news. That's always good. These news. These are exciting times that, that, uh, that we're uh, living in.
0: Well, I know, uh, Sergio has another pod.
1: Oh yeah, I do. I have a, <laughs> I have another podcast that I record do with my best friend in the whole wide world. Sean Hamill. Uh, he wrote a, um, horror book, a horror novel, a couple years back called A Cosmology of Monsters. Uh, got a, a blurb from Stephen King. He said he loved it. It was on many uh, best of lists of tw- in 2019 is when it came out. And, you know, spooky season is upon us. So if you're looking for something to read, definitely check it out. It's called The Cosmology of Monsters. But I, uh, I co-host a podcast with that guy. It's called Fandom University. We spend two to three to four episodes talking about an aspect of nerddom. Uh, we've done resident evil. We've done mm-hmm. aliens, you know, Xenomorphs and all that uh, Ripley and yes, and, and all that. Uh, we have done uh, Grant Morrison, the comic book writer. We actually just finished our arc on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have written all-star Superman. They wrote uh, new X-Men for a while. Uh, and then starting here in a couple of weeks, we will be doing. Um, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing Halloween. We're doing yes! Michael Myers and Lori Strode, oh, uh, which are it. some of our favorite horror movies. And um, and I'll go. I'll go ahead and announce it. Uh, this is an exclusive. This is a Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast exclusive for Fandom University. We were gonna take the month of December off. Well, not technically. We're gonna pre-record a, a Christmas gift. Uh, and post that in December, but it was going to be, we're essentially going to take that month off. Um, But the matrix resurrections trailer dropped today Mm -hmm. and got us. And like the war drums of Grumsh got us all riled (laughs) up and frenzied. (laughs) And we decided that we're going to do a matrix arc in December, rather than take the month of December off. We're going to do a matrix arc. I'm pretty stoked um, for that one leading up to, or covering uh, leading up to and covering. The, uh, the new movie, which comes out on the 22nd. So,
0: yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I'm glad I got to hear that, too. <laughs> yeah, so for, yeah, there you go. We'll announce it
1: uh, officially soon. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Sean asked, uh, he's like, have you seen the new trailer? Matrix arc. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, we can if you want, you know. And he was uh, like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, I'm going to be watching them anyway. So why oh not goodness. podcast about. It? So
0: that's what I got going on. I have a ton of things going on no <laughs> oh,
1: how do you have like magic you uh, yeah obviously you have I some told serious. you I know
0: these spells like the back of my hand you hands. exist
1: outside of time I do
0: mm. uh, we have uh, over on this end we have the Resident Evil lore cast another lore cast that we do um, we have the fumbling Four and the almighty crit 5e live play that we do yep. um, we have cyberpunked a cyberpunk red podcast that we do uh, Call of Cthulhu, Mythos Mysteries, uh, another one that we do, 7E. Yeah. Yep. Um, goodness gracious, what else do we have? Um, what think, else
1: you got coming up?
0: Oh, well, the coming ups. Uh, in November, fingers crossed, nothing's set in stone yet, but we're pushing for November release date. We are going to be releasing uh, Avatar Legends uh, TCRPG live play for nice. our new series coming out. And then there's a couple more up our sleeve for next year. So stay Keep tuned. Keep your eye out
1: for 2022.
0: <laughs> but on that note, I think it's time for us to bid them adieu. Yeah, thank
1: you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you in, uh, in a week. Woo. Bye, guys. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DND Lorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a
2: Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.
0: What up to Night City? You're listening to N54 Radio. This is DJ Sparks bringing you a new hit show from Night City, Cyberpunked, a Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast. Listen as a ragtag group slamming on the corpos, survive the streets, and try to keep from being flatlined. You can tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. DJ Sparks out!
2: There, it's your bestest girl, Rose, coming at you up from top of the world. Now it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser Modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody two shoes, definitely not raiders. Check out this thing they call a podcast, the Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be. On Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh. They are not paying me enough for this. Till later. This is Rose. Raiders rule. <laughs>